Chapter 13 Justice After my grandfather's solemn promise to bring the British Fascist Union to justice, I took my leave and bust into the city where I had arranged to have a drink with an old school chum from Harrow, who worked for one of the largest firms in the UK. Great to see you, Toby, I said to my friend as he sat at the bar, drinking a large pint of ale. He looked up and smiled as he saw me, and made a motion that was almost imperceptible to the bartender, the same again plus one. Matthew, my old todger, it's good to see you, old boy. How's life in the provinces? We both laughed and clapped each other on the shoulders, the way old friends who've known each other for several lifetimes always greet each other. Toby had been in his last year when I first came to Harrow, but his parents lived in Isha as well, and were good friends with my parents. As younger kids, Simon and I had always looked up to Toby. Now I found myself using his expertise in legal matters and hoping he would have an equitable solution. In the time it takes me to drink three pints of best bitter, I told him the whole sordid story and ended up with the question I'd wanted to ask. Do you think the Crown has a case to indict him in the British courts given what I've told you? Once the newspapers get hold of this story, it'll become madness and Israel and Germany will be eager to extradite him and prosecute him for his war crimes. I also think, Toby, although I don't have any evidence yet, he well may have murdered my real dad in order to steal his identity. Toby had been listening carefully. We'd been friends since I was five years old, and he was ten. We'd always shared a love of history, and used to imagine we were soldiers in the trenches fighting unseen enemies, always being the victors in hectic and dangerous conditions. The salient thing about that was that rather than being on opposite sides like most kids choose to be, we'd always chosen to be on the same side, fighting injustice, corruption and greed. And now, here we were, 15 years later, playing the same game. Oh yes, Matt, listening to what you've just told me, I think there's a very strong case for an indictment, not only for Otto von Braden, but also for the other participants in the crimes. Have you contacted Special Branch to file a formal complaint yet? I laughed and replied, No, if you don't count Inspector O'Callaghan's investigation. And Toby roared as he polished off yet another pint of Watney's best better. I think I'll drop into Scotland Yard and file a bill of complaint first thing tomorrow. Thank you, Toby. I'm so grateful to you for your advice. Then I stood up, clapped my friend on his back, and headed for the door. Great to see you, Matt, boomed his big voice as I walked out into the fresh air. Life was starting to feel normal again. I left the pub and realized that I didn't have anywhere to sleep, and so I took a big risk and telephoned my new grandparents and explained my situation. They immediately understood and suggested that I stay with them tonight, and if I would like, would be happy to accompany me to Scotland Yard in the morning. I thought about that for a second, and realized that the police might take the complaint more seriously, coming from a woman who could identify the defendant personally, 
as the commandant of Ravensbrück concentration camp, as she had been a prisoner there at the camp. So that was all settled, and I spent a night in their spare room, and the next morning we took a number 27 bus to Scotland Yard on the River Thames at Victoria Embankment. We arrived in perfect time to be interviewed by two smart detectives. The icing on the cake was my grandmother's testimony. I could see how impressed they both were by the fact that she had survived three years of unimaginable horror. The night before, I had told them of my suspicion that Otto had, in order to steal his identity cards, possibly murdered their son. Until then, they hadn't even considered that possibility, and so when I apprehensively floated the idea, their first reaction was one of horror. But then the more they thought about it, the more it made sense. My father, Robert Chandler, had gone to Berlin to meet someone, and Otto was visiting Berlin on the same day, so there was clear circumstantial evidence that Otto von Braden was my father's killer. The two detectives were stellar that morning. They took notes that could have filled a full-length novel. They asked questions that were relevant to the case, and moreover, they were very polite and professional throughout the whole interview. We left the Met at around 1.15, and Grandfather suggested he'd like to buy us lunch, so we both thanked him and agreed right away. The Met had agreed to open an investigation into the illegal activities of Otto von Braden, the British fascist union, and people involved in the demise of Robert Chandler and the subsequent illegal entry into Great Britain of a foreign national and the impersonation of a government employee. The two detectives had asked us to sign an affidavit criminal complaint, which all three of us did willingly. They told us that they would be in touch with us in 